We are back yet again on the Thick Man Inc. podcast. This week, we are going to talk about NFL free agency, but first off, a few quick announcements. First, we appreciate our continued support. If you want to interact with us a little bit more directly, ask us questions, go join our Discord, link in the description, and we'll either answer them on the podcast or in the Discord. Secondly, go uh, support us over on Underdog Fantasy. Sign up using promo code THICK with two C's, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Free money. Doing that helps us out a good bit. On to the topics, and first off, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in football history, is on the move. The trade is not official yet. There's still negotiations for leverage and whatnot between the Jets and the Packers, but old Aaron is going from Green Bay to New Jersey to play for the Jets. There have been a lot of leaked lists of who he wants to join him, whatnot. He claims those aren't true. We know they are because he's an egomaniac. But Rodgers will be in New York next season if things are to be believed. And well, this is a good move for the Jets. It makes him a playoff team. I just don't think it makes him a contender. He's not going to be a top five quarterback in the AFC. There are guys like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and even Trevor Lawrence, if he plays like we saw him play towards the end of last season, who are just better than a 40-year-old Rodgers. He's with a good defense, he's got good skill players, but he's behind the worst offensive line he's ever been behind, and that could give him some trouble, particularly considering his old age. I think it's a good move for the Jets, a first-round pick or whatnot, big deal. It's not going to be a great pick either way. You're not losing much, and you could compete, but... I just don't see this moving the needle. The Jets aren't going to be a Super Bowl team. They're not even going to be a contender. They're not even going to make the AFC Championship game. They're just not good enough, given what else is in the AFC. If Rodgers really won a Super Bowl, he would have gone somewhere in the NFC. But it's neither here nor there. Tristan, tell us what you think about Daniel Jones now being the third best quarterback in New Jersey behind A.A. Ron and, of course... Is it Joe Flacco? Is he still in town? Joe Flacco. (laughs) Well, me and you have very similar opinions, I think, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers moving to New York, playing with the Jets. And I really don't understand why the Jets are going after Aaron Rodgers when there's Lamar Jackson still on the table. If it winds up being true that they have to give up two first-round picks to get him, they had the opportunity to pursue Lamar Jackson, who's in the prime of his career. He's young. He's more athletic. He has the potential to win more MVPs. MVPs. I think everyone that is sane can agree Aaron Rodgers is well past that point. And I think it's ridiculous they're giving uh, Alan Lazard $11 million a year just in the pursuit of adding Aaron Rodgers to the team. I mean, they already had Garrett Wilson. They already had Elijah Moore. They didn't need to pay a receiver who hasn't had more than, I believe, 800 receiving yards, who was playing with Aaron Rodgers at the time to come play for their offense. It doesn't move the needle. They're better off targeting someone young in the draft. So I didn't get that move regardless. Regardless, I I would have preferred they stayed the course, continued to build the roster. They've already built a phenomenal defense on the offensive side of the ball. They have the offensive weapons to be successful, and it's just been the quarterback position where they've been struggling. But Aaron Rodgers getting him for maybe two years, they're not going to win anything. Like you said, he's maybe the seventh best quarterback in the AFC now, especially what we saw last season. And I don't think he's the answer to fix all their uh, problems. If they're giving up for a first round pick multiple firsts to get him it is not worth it in my opinion i mean you stop and you gotta keep going i'm gonna talk about lamar a little bit it makes sense why the jets didn't go after one medlife turf's not good for the old joints and lamar's injury prone but second if you sign lamar jackson you're giving up two first round picks for a quarterback who's more likely to get hurt than aaron Rodgers, and you're going to have to sign for a much longer deal and if it's fully guaranteed he's going to be with you for four years Rodgers is much more of a rental where if he doesn't work out okay we still presumably have a decent team built up. It just didn't go with Rodgers. We can either draft someone or sign another free agent. Lamar, you're locked into him. If he doesn't work out, you're in trouble for a much longer period of time. 
Yeah, but it feels like I think we all can agree that the Jets have a very solid roster. And if they continue building, they could build a juggernaut for over the next six seasons, maybe even more if they build correctly. But if they're go- if they truly are going to give up multiple firsts to get them, you're ready the third most popular NFL team in the state of New York. You now have maybe the seventh best quarterback in the AFC. If two is healthy, the third best quarterback in your own division with how Aaron Rodgers has been going. And you don't even know how long he's going to play. So he was, I mean, he's talking about retirement after the season. So it's a desperate attempt to recreate the one nine and seven season they had with Brett Favre. Uh, for some reason, they want to run that back with the second version of Brett Favre. And I don't think it is going to lead them to the promised land. I mean, they're still not better than the Chiefs. I'd still pick the Bengals over them with all the weapons the Bengals have and how good Joe Burrow is. And then I'd still pick the Bills in their own division with Josh Allen. So it doesn't truly move the needle. But, you know, maybe it makes them relevant relevant for next season and the season after I, I just I don't get the move I think they should have maybe continued to build their roster where that means targeting a younger quarterback targeting another quarterback through the draft they're not winning a Super Bowl with them. silver lining from what we've seen most recently it may just be a day two pick for Rodgers which hey even if you're paying him a bunch of money is only there for your day two pick for a top 10 quarterback is still a good deal that's the only way I think this is a really good move for New York well, that that does that also brings me to something that I think we should talk about with this is that the the way it's looking, the Packers and Jets are playing a game of chicken. The Packers, now that they know the Jets are the or the the Jets really want him, they're looking to get first round picks out of him. But on the other hand, it appears Aaron Rodgers only wants to go to the Jets, and it seems like no other teams are interested in trading for him. So. Uh, I don't know if the Packers are going to be willing to let Aaron Rodgers retire or if they're going to be willing to take less trade compensation to get him. Because I think even the Jets know he's not truly worth the first round pick at this point. At best, knowing he probably only play for two more seasons he's worth a third round pick with the current level of production we've seen him kind of put up so i think it's who's going to give in first are the packers going to be willing to let him retire or are they willing to take less trade compensation and i kind of feel like the jets are eventually going to give in and it's going to wind up being a second round pick or even that first round pick one year of possibly elite quarterback production could be argued to be worth a first round pick but the issue is if Rodgers really wants if he could just show up in Green Bay and make life miserable for Jordan Love and the Packers new organization or the new administration or their new style play they're rolling in with he could do that and just completely divide the locker room I don't think the Packers want that I think they just send him home and he could be a malcontent on Pat McAfee's show Twitter and whatnot but there is a route for Rodgers to fight back if he really needs to get himself out of Green Bay obviously this is all hypothetical I think it's about time for us to move on, but long story short, Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. Egomaniac hippie moving to New York. Indeed. On to another team which won't be winning any rings. This one just liberated from the tyranny of Aaron Rodgers. Chicago Bears have parted with the first overall pick in exchange, two first rounders, two second rounders, and DJ Moore. And it's a good trade for the Bears. They get one immediate short-term relief. They're getting a top 10 pick in DJ Moore, who is a low-end wide receiver one, middle-of-the-pack wide receiver one, not a truly elite receiver in the grand scheme of things, but paired with what they've already got already. It's not a bad receiving court. The O-line's still not good. Maybe they fixed that in the draft. Didn't really fix it that much in free agency. Didn't sign Orlando Brown. But it's a good move for the Bears. I think it helps in the short term. It's giving Justin Fields more weapons. He can no longer complain that he is known to throw to. More Claypool and Mooney are a good triumvirate of receivers. And if they don't at least double their win totals next year, I think it's pretty clear the problem lies in the quarterback. 
I think this trade, I know Isaiah a couple weeks ago talked about, oh, the Bears can't trade away from drafting Will Anderson. They have to take him with the first overall pick. But the compensation they got is incredible. They got DJ Moore, who, like Isaiah said, he's not, and you know, I may have alluded to in the fact that he's an elite receiver in the TikTok I made about him. That might have been a bit of a hyperbole. More realistically, he's a low-end wide receiver one. But Darnell Mooney got injured next last year. He's going to be back this season. He's a solid receiver. You have uh, Chase Clay pool who's a solid receiver i think anyone who calls him trash is just uh, doesn't like him because some of his off the field antics and dj moore is a very solid receiver so having those three receivers in the receiver room is is very good i think that's a great move for them and then when you get pick number nine it gives you the opportunity to draft one of the best offensive tackles in the draft the first four or so are very good it gives you the opportunity at some point in the draft to address receiver again probably maybe you go then address uh edge rusher and then getting a first next year from the Panthers if the Panthers truly fuck up the quarterback position this year or if they choose to have the rookie sign uh, sit behind Andy Dalton for a year that pick next season could likely be another top 10 pick so for that first overall pick you got a possibly uh, high production receiver you have a top 10 pick this year a top 10 pick next year and um what is it pick 61 this year so it's back end of the second round and then you'll have a second next year which I don't think any of us think the Panthers will be quite that good although they do play in the NFC South so high second round pick this year Overall, I love the trade for the Bears. It is all, uh, It was a little weird when they signed Tremaine Edmonds, considering the fact that they were willing to move off of Roquan Smith and let him go to the Ravens last season. I know the Bears fans are like, oh, uh, you got a second round pick and Tremaine Edmonds. Well, Tremaine Edmonds isn't quite as good as Roquan. Quite as good you, as too polite. He's not as good as Roquan. Roquan's a top two linebacker in football. Yeah, and another the reason the Bills are uh, willing to let Edmonds walk is because Edmonds wasn't even the best middle linebacker or inside linebacker on his own team, that was Matt Milano. So Tremaine Edmonds isn't near as good as Roquan Smith. You'd rather have Roquan Smith in that defense. He's just the better player. So it's a bit of cope there from Bears fans. But overall, I think the future is looking really bright for the Bears. And Isaiah just hates Justin Fields because he's a Michigan fan. He doesn't want to see Justin Fields succeed. And he's a Vikings fan. He doesn't want to see the Bears succeed. So don't take his comments seriously. It's, he I doesn't mean, even truly hey, think any of that's going Justin to happen. Justin Fields has not succeeded yet. He is not a good season. He has had one season where he was a functional runner and two years where he was a terrible passer on the football. Okay, let's have about Will Anderson a little bit since you brought that up. You can draft all these players you want, and let's say you get three functional starters, uh, more included. Half your picks land, half them don't from that trade. I would much rather have one superstar talent, which Will Anderson has the potential to be, potential to be a top three, top five defensive player in the NFL, than just three average starters, which is more than likely what the Bears are going to get with this trade. I would still rather have that. Oh, draft picks are great because they could be anyone, but Will Anderson is him. We know Will Anderson is. He's going to be a great player, and the Bears passing up on getting him, probably going to come back and bite him, particularly if Moore does not produce immediately. Second off, I'm unmoved by the tackles in this year's draft. Sure, some of them are good, but someone's going to overpick at nine and actually get one. These are not guys worth a top 10 pick. They're middle rounders, late first rounders at best. The best four, not that good. I prefer previous years. I prefer guys like Charles Cross, Nicky Aquan, who came a very long way. I might even still prefer Evan Neal, although he got put in a rough spot to change positions on the Giants because Andrew Thomas was actually playing tackle functionally for once. So drafting a tackle at nine, bit of a mistake. I think you still try and get a defensive player if one of the really good ones is available if Carter falls to nine, which is a possibility given what's been going on with him. But you can say all you want. Justin Fields is not sure 
shown me anything I need to be worried about as a Minnesota Vikings fan. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a good passer. He's the, the best football. quarterback in that division now. I mean, you got Kirk Cousins, who Jared just goes Go- ahead and crumbles I think I on might the biggest take stage. Jordan Love over uh, what we've seen so far from Justin Fields. If Justin I wanted Fields someone to of- run for me, I would go br- get a running back. We can run Wildcat all day long. Because the difference between a team like the Miami Dolphins, who back in the day ran Wildcat a whole lot, and Justin Fields' accuracy is marginal. Justin Fields is not a good passer of the football. And as we've seen from the Super Bowl, you need to be a good passer of the football to actually win at the highest levels. Speaking of winning at the highest levels, though, the Carolina Panthers will not be doing any of that anytime soon. We talked a little bit about what they got back from the trade. They've also gone out and signed Andy Dunn, who presumably will be the I don't think he's going to be the week one starter if the Panthers hold on to this pick. The Panthers are not going to overdraft AR-15. They're not going to draft Levis High. They're going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Reports indicate C.J. Stroud's a favorite. Stroud will be the week one starter. I don't care how good Andy Dalton is. They're going to let him go out behind the offensive line and try and do the best he can. If he'll succeed, I don't know. They just trade away what would have been his best receiving threat. Presumably, they'll try and build something in the draft or what remains in agency. Maybe they sign Odell in his old stomping grounds or Josh Norman bullied him, let him go play for the Panthers. I don't know, but I think the assumption that they'll have a top 10 pick is a bit ridiculous. Right now, I think they're the second best team in the NFC South, maybe the third, depending on how you view the Falcons, but the Buccaneers are going to be worse than them. The Saints right now, it's hard to tell they've got talent, but part of that talent might be arrested. Part of that talent's probably going to be injured by week five, and part of that talent's Derek Carr, who looked horrible last year. So you really don't know. I wouldn't guarantee a top 10 pick by any means. When it comes down to their quarterback situation, and there's also that conversation around the fact that they might be willing to trade down. So that tells me that I think they're pretty heavily interested in Anthony Richardson, because the fact they signed Andy Dalton, it's the consensus that Anthony Richardson isn't ready to start week one. So if you're going out and signing a veteran quarterback, you're preparing for the possibility that you don't want your rookie to start week one. And I think most people expect that if Bryce Young or or whoever Bryce Young and CJ Stroud get drafted by, they're going to be better than any veteran we have in the league. And we're going to want, or teams are going to want to see them start right away. That way they can go through that learning process and hit the ground running. So I think moving towards Andy Dalton is showing a willingness and maybe even wanting to uh, uh, target Anthony Richardson, whether trading down for someone trading up. I don't really understand that move regardless, but I think the Andy Dalton signing shows that now when it comes to if Can I address the, that just real quick? I think that's a ridiculous take. You know Matt Well, Corral, you moved on to the Panthers topic without letting me uh, talk about Justin Fields, but sure, you can address that. Yeah, because you really, the fans really want to hear you talk about how great Justin Fields is. 50% accuracy, man. But any NFL team who's going to bring in a rookie quarterback wants to have a good veteran presence. Dalton was the best and presumably the cheapest for what he was. Former Pro Bowler, longtime starter. That's who you want being your backup, giving your rookie tips, regardless of who that rookie is. We thought they were going to go sign Brian Hoyer let Carroll ride it out like it's the right move them signing a good veteran is not an indication okay we're gonna roll with him week one it's an indication we're gonna put our rookie in the best situation possible regardless of who that rookie is so I think you're reading way too much into that I think if they were drafting C.J. Stroud, they wouldn't have maybe gone out and really targeted to bring in Andy Dalton. That's all I'm saying. And because there's also been the reports of them being willing to trade down. I think it was a bit ridiculous if they actually trade down from that pick. I don't see them getting equal value for what they would have given for what they've already given up. If that does happen, that's a crazy scenario. When it comes to how good the Panthers are in the rest of their division, you have the Saints who have Derek Carr. I think he's going to be 
very solid after a horrible year with Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels was the bad one there. Then Baker Mayfield, he's headed to the Buccaneers. I think everyone's expecting them to be bad, but Baker Mayfield was great at the end of last season. Right now, at least, no trades have happened. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are still on that roster. Two elite receivers. Then you have Scott, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller's still there, right? So the, the Buccaneers have a good receiving core. Their defense still has a lot of good personnel left there. If Baker Mayfield is as good as he was at the second half of last season, the Buccaneers are going to win more games than we expect. Now with the Falcons, it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position. Marcus Mariota is no longer there. Desmond Ritter did not look all that good. So right now, the worst team right is between the Falcons and Panthers, in my opinion. I think the Buccaneers are going to win more games than people expect. Baker Mayfield is going to be better than whatever the Falcons have going on there. We don't know, really know what's going to happen with the Panthers. And then the Saints, they have Derek Carr. They're going to be good to go. So do you think Baker Mayfield being on the Panthers means they win more games than He's on last, the Buccaneers. Excuse me, the Buccaneers in last year with Tom Brady. Because they won eight games. They were a bad team last year with Tom Brady. They also didn't have a great offensive line. Their starting center missed a majority of the season. And Tom Brady, for as good as he was maybe at processing the game and still having an arm, he was completely immobile behind a bad offensive line with also a poor running game. So that came into account. Now, if the Buccaneers are able to improve upon those things, that's up for debate whether or not that'll actually take place. But I think the Buccaneers are definitely still in play to at least win eight games or be just as good as they were with Tom Brady last season. I greatly doubt that the left side of that offensive line is still horrible. Like, they've got one of the worst left tackle situations. I don't think they're going to be a good team. You stick a Baker Mayfield who doesn't have the best pocket awareness in the world in that situation, he might get sacked 50 times. From the left side alone. I don't know. The NFC South is hard to predict. It could completely turn around and go from what the NFC least was to now having three teams in the playoffs this year. You never know. It's hard to say. But it's splitting hairs. No good team will come out of the conference unless the Saints somehow remain healthy and uninjured. Alright, this is the first fan question we are ever going to answer on a podcast. And our good buddy Golden Pitt asked, If the Cowboys were to get rid of Dak Prescott... How should they do it? And the best answer to that question is try and trade him. Someone out there will take Dak Prescott. He's a borderline top 10 quarterback. There's wiggle room one way or the other. He's not truly elite, but he's also not someone who's a bum. Some team who is desperate for a quarterback, like say maybe the uh, Falcons, who need someone will say, hey, we'll give you a first round pick or two for that. They don't care about the size of the contract, or they won't even if it's guaranteed, and they'll try and get Dak Prescott. I find it hard to believe the Cowboys would try and get rid of Dak Prescott. I think that'd be a bold and dynamic move, a Jerry Jonesian move for the ages. But the best way is to make a trade. You can't cut him. You can't really just uh, have him mentor a rookie quarterback you draft. His contract's too big for that. I do believe a team would be willing to give at least a first, maybe even more, for Dak Prescott. Why they'd want to get rid of him, I don't know. It's not like there's an easy, better upgrade available. If the Cowboys were to get rid of him. They should do exactly what happened with Tony Roma. They should draft a third round rookie uh, who winds up just being phenomenal his rookie season after Dak Prescott throws five interceptions a week one, or if he happens to trip over himself and break his ankle again, and then that rookie goes in, lights it up, and they send Dak Prescott off to the broadcasting booth. That's what the Cowboys should do with Dak Prescott. Look to be drafting his replacement because we all know he's average at this point. He's Black Kirk Cousins with the ability to move around in the pocket and run down the field a little bit. That's what he is he's not that good or he is he is good but he's also not that great so that's what I think they should do I don't think there's any team willing out there 
out there actually willing to trade for him, especially seeing him lead the NFL in interceptions after missing a lot of the season due to injury. Um, now <laughs> that's kind of a, a whatever answer to the question, but I don't. That's a pure unadulterated hating answer right there. <laughs> You should have just said, let Cooper Rush have the starting job and make Dak Prescott hold the clipboard. If you're really committed to hating like it seems you are, just talk about Cooper Rush. He's not the answer, but he should have been yours. I'm baiting Cowboys beat into comments. Cowboys beat ain't here 20 minutes in, man. Unless you make this the promo clip that dude is not watching. <laughs> Although if he is, let us know, man. We will get you on one of these podcasts eventually. But regardless, I don't see the cow. I don't see anyone wanting to trade for Dak. So I don't think there's a how should you really move off of him anyway. Someone trade. I don't for see him. anyone wanting that contract. Someone trade. For, there are worse contracts out there. There are several wow. worse contracts out there. But sticking with the Dallas Cowboys, they've made a few moves this offseason, which make them a little bit better if you just a twinge. First off, looks like they're getting rid of longtime running back Ezekielite, whose final play as a Cowboy was getting pancaked when he snapped the ball, which is unfortunate <laughs> for him. I feel bad. Zeke really did deserve better. I think he's gotten a rotten treatment and injuries kind of derailed his career. I don't blame him for how it turned out. Someone will sign him, and if he gets a lion's share of the backfield, he's going to have between 600 and 1,000 yards. He's still a decent runner back. He'll find work. They also brought in Brandon Cooks, which I think is a pretty good move. It gives them a wide receiver too. Not a good wide receiver too. Cooks is like a five foot four slot receiver who hasn't been the same since he got knocked out in the Super Bowl. His production on the Texans when he was getting 800 targets a year was alright, but as a wide receiver too, I'm not optimistic. And they got Stephon Gilmore, who Paired with Trayvon Diggs, I get Gilmore's old and a little bit washed out. That's still a meaningful one-two punch at the cornerback position. I think the Cowboys got better. I think the cornerbacks will aid Micah Parsons' pass rush and the rest of the Cowboys' front seven. It'll make them look better. But it's not something which is going to put them over the top. It's not going to get them over a team like the Eagles in their own division, even though the Eagles lost the majority of their defense, it seems. I think they'll still win 11 to 12 games, being that similar range, not compete for the Super Bowl. Make the divisional round. Well, I don't... <laughs> cutting Zeke had to happen, and we'll what we saw at the end of last season he's simply not an explosive running back anymore and I don't really see a team that's going to go out there and give him any type of real money I don't see a team that's going to go out there and be willing to give him more than five to six carries a game so there's no way he reaches 600 rushing yards next season and when it comes to Brandon Cooks I am much higher on the move than you are although I do think it doesn't necessarily change life in Dallas he's not that quality of a player but when you take a look at even the uh, over the last three seasons 2,000 yard seasons this past season it was very clear he was not happy with the Texans he wanted to be traded before the trade deadline he missed games due to that also I think I don't remember if he was injured or not but missed games due to that missed four games last season and if you take his average yards per game and extrapolate that over the 17 game season he would have had over 900 receiving yards so he's and he was also playing on the Texans who had a trio of quarterbacks playing every single game that's how big of a shit show they were so I think Brandon Cook still has a lot left in the tank, and he's much better than what the Cowboys had at wide receiver two last season. They had Michael Gallup, who was a shell of his former self, lost his ability to get down the field, lost any speed that he once had. He was a jump ball receiver that didn't necessarily create separation at an elite level. He was like 105th in total receiving yards last season, and he's much better than the aging T.Y. Hilton. So from that standpoint, very solid trade for the Cowboys, although I don't think he changes life in Dallas. It's 
It's not like they just added someone like DeAndre Hopkins or one of those receivers who's top 10 in the NFL where it completely opens up the Cowboys offense, much like an Amari Cooper type receiver would do. Now it comes to the Gilmore move. I love that for the Cowboys. Uh, it has another, a very good corner opposite Trevon Diggs. Obviously, maybe he's lost a slight step just due to aging, but as a technician at the corner position, it's one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. He's never been the elite, 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 elite athlete that we've seen at the position. Like he's not at Deion Sanders with 4-2 speed, but he's one of the best to do it. So I think that's a very good move. He's going to be better than Anthony Brown. Overall, the Cowboys got better. Do I think they're going to make a Super Bowl push? No, from the moves they've made so far, but I'm much higher on that Cooks move than you are. Yeah, Cooks ain't getting 120 plus targets, which was why it was a thousand yard receiver. It's just not happening in Dallas. Assuming they hold on to power, they still got a good run game. They'll probably draft a running back in the second or third round, get good value out of him. CeeDee Lamb's still number one one target. They're still going to have some functional tight ends, presumably. I don't know what the deal with uh, their tight end situation is, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Cooks is not getting a thousand yards. He's not moving the needle at all, I think. But hey, He's also on the wrong side of 30 and had some injury issues. We don't need to get into that. Speaking of wrong side of 30, Jalen Ramsey is a Miami Dolphin. The Dolphins traded a third-round pick and a failure who was previously selected in the third round for Ramsey. It's a good move for the Dolphins, good move for the Rams. Rams clear up cap space. It looks like they're moving forward into the full tank mode. They are going to try to keep Caleb Williams in California, in LA, make him a Ram with the first overall pick, which they do in fact have possession of, I believe, in 2024, which is shocking considering their approach to first-round picks. But the Dolphins now have a true number one cornerback in addition to Xavier, in addition to what they already had. They've got a dynamic cornerback duo now. Ramsey was locked down last year. Maybe not the same player we saw previously in Jacksonville, but still top five cornerback by all measures. He is going to greatly aid their efforts to stop Stephon Diggs, to stop whoever the Jets are throwing to in high volume with Aaron Rodgers. He's going to greatly hinder the passing attacks they might run into in the playoffs. This is a great move for Miami. They're going to have to pay Ramsey eventually or just leave him, let the uh, third round picks be the price for one or two seasons of production. It's going to open up their window a little bit. It helps the Dolphins defense. It's going to put them back above average and let them have a real shot of going on a playoff run. Well, Ramsey's, he's still a very good player. Now, the Dolphins trading for him. Last time they traded for, not any, um, he wasn't quite on the Ramsey level, but last time they traded for an elite member of for, uh, to add to their secondary, Byron Jones, it did not necessarily pan out how they wanted to. And I think the fact that the Rams were only able to get a third round pick for uh, Jalen Ramsey kind of shows where the league values him at his contract. Uh, I don't think he's quite the bona fide best corner in the NFL by far that we've seen, but much like with Gilmore, still a very solid player in the NFL. Most uh, most teams should want him on the roster, and he has a, one of the best corners in the NFL uh, um, playing right next to him in Xavier Howard. So it definitely helps that Dolphins defense. It helps him take another step closer towards making a playoff push, making it potentially Super Bowl push. Although at the end of the day, Jalen Ramsey plays corner and the Dolphins are only going to go as far as Tua can take him. And Tua seems to be concussed every single week, seems to get injured uh, every single season, uh, something random, whether it's getting hit in the pocket or making a scramble down the field. So 
It may not change life in in Miami just because you never know what you're getting from the quarterback position there. Sounds like some too hate to me, but we don't need to go there. The old lover of the social media quarterback. Definitely a positive, and given what the Dolphins had to give up, I think it's worthwhile, even if it's only for one season. I mean, I think it's, considering they didn't give up much, you might as well trade for him. Would you like to lead us into the next topic? I know you're passionate. Now, Darren Waller, when I saw this move, I was so happy because I don't know if people remember the video I made a couple seasons ago. It's one of the first videos that got more views on our TikTok page. It was calling Darren Waller by far, or not by far, but I called him the best tight end in the NFL, ahead of Travis Kelsey, ahead of George Kittle, ahead of Mark Andrews, and I won't mention who was fifth on my list at the time, because that was the coldest of that take. No, because the take was Waller being one. Well, at the time, there was an argument for it. Now it's kind of, you know, it's cooled down, but I don't know if you remember who's five, and you can bring that up and call me out on that if you want, but that's the worst part of that take by far. And when we see Darren Waller healthy, keyword healthy. He is a one of the four elite tight ends in the NFL. He has that ability. He was the reason the Raiders offense functioned the two years he had thousand yard receiving seasons. Now, when it comes down to his health, he's been injured a lot. Two seasons ago, injured a lot, not really able to play. This past season, Devontae Adams comes in. We're excited to watch the combo of Adams, Waller, and Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr. That doesn't really happen, mostly because Waller's constantly hurt and mostly because Renfro is constantly hurt so I think that's the reason the Raiders only really got it's essentially a fourth round pick being pick 100 although they are calling it a third round pick because it was a compensatory pick so I love the move for the Giants it adds an elite threat to their passing game that they haven't had since Odell left the Giants uh, like four or five seasons ago great trade one of my favorite players in the NFL so having him on your on your favorite team is just going to be fun to watch and I don't think the Giants really gave up much to get him I mean fourth round pick, potentially an elite uh, tight end threat. I mean, Travis Kelsey's three years older than him. Darren Waller is only 30. If he's able to stay healthy, it's a phenomenal trade just because of what he's capable of producing. Yeah, let's stop comparing people to Travis Kelsey. Okay, that's a first bout Hall of Fame tight end. But was it Cal Pates? Is that who you're talking about? Is that number five? No, it's much worse than that. You're gonna have to tell me because it's worse. not on YouTube. It's on TikTok. I'm not able to pull up t- Go ahead, share with the class. Who was number no. five? <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it was at the time the Patriots uh, kind of signed oh, those two tight ends. Did you say Janu? <laughs> wow. I said Janu. At the time, I felt that was also off the heels of Johnny Smith, I think, having eight or nine touchdowns with the Titans. Let me just, and I think, let me just pull this up real quick. Janu Smith. I want to spell his name right. Man. He had like 600. Oh, that, yeah, that was a bad take. He had eight touchdowns with the Titans that year, and I was really high on what he was capable of doing, citing his receiving yards being lower because he was part of that Titans offense that ran the ball 3,000 times. But we don't need to talk about that because it was a bad take. He He's had 448 yards the year pre yeah. And they signed Hunter Henry at the same time to tell you what they thought was ability to receive. Yeah, that's a bad take. Look. If Darren Waller does the impossible and survives MetLife's turf for an entire season and gets the receiving production, gets the 120 targets he was used to as the number one guy on a much pass-heavier team in the Raiders at the time, it'll be a good trade. He'll have elite numbers again. 
I question his health, and I question if Daniel Jones is going to be able to get the ball to him that much, and I question if they're even going to pass that much, because we both know the engine of that offense is Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley got, what, 70, 80 targets last season? Maybe 70, 80 receptions last season. I don't see Waller taking many of those from him. Maybe he takes some from Darius Slayton, but I don't know. Well, you have the ability to pass the ball more when you add an elite receiving threat to your offense. The Giants haven't had someone, certainly last season, don't have someone of Darren Waller's caliber. So when you insert that into the offense, it's something else for the defense to worry about. It's going to open up their rushing attack even more. It's going to allow the receivers who were producing last season, like Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, to be open more. So it's overall a great move. And on top of that, Daniel Bellinger, for what it's worth, seemed to be a very solid to okay tight end. So now they even have another good tight end sitting behind him. So there's there's no way I think you can really detract from this move. It only makes the Giants better it doesn't make them worse and on top of it Darren Waller seems like a pretty great guy good leader (laughs) you're going to add a veteran presence to that locker room now we're talking about players character to justify the moves okay that is a admission of defeat even if you don't want to acknowledge he's a character guy we say things like that about Christian McCaffrey and Adam Thielen man that if Waller stays healthy and has any more close production, it's a good move. But if he has to put his hand down the door and never block at all, which if they run the ball as much as they did last season, he will. He ain't surviving. Plain and simple. He is not built for med life. He's not built to run block. He's built to be a wide receiver. He needs to go back to his old college position. That's the only way he finds success. You're just a hater. I'm a truther. But speaking of Darren Waller's former team, unless you want to talk about his greatness from two years ago more. No, I'm no, good. You, you got that out of your system. Las Vegas Raiders are making some interesting moves. They're shipping off their talent. Waller's gone. Devontae Adams presumably gone very soon if they can get the right draft cap reform. And they have signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's a take you're not ready for. Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels are going to work out much better than uh, Derek Carr and McDaniels did last season. And they're going to win far, not far, but they're going to win more games than last year with Carr, even through his subtraction and through the subtraction of uh, Waller, a so-called elite tight end. We want to talk about clubhouse guys. Jimmy Garoppolo is the ultimate clubhouse guy. No one has anything bad to say about Jimmy Garoppolo, except the occasional Patriots complain he didn't go and further injure himself for a meaningless week four game and go play. We don't need to get into that, though. The Patriot way stinks. Go check out our other most recent YouTube video if you want to learn more about that. That team's going to be more competitive than you think. They're going to be better than last year. They're going to build a little bit through the draft. They're going to move forward with Jimmy G as a starter. Filling in time, he's probably going to be stuck mentoring a rookie quarterback, and they are going to thrive certainly more than they did with Carr last year. They're not going to be competing for the first overall pick. They are going to be around that 6-9, to nine, maybe even 10 win mark. They could sneak into the playoffs. You never know. But Jimmy Garoppolo's addition certainly helps that team. You are going to dismiss the move because you're a Jimmy G hater. You hate the personality. You hate the man. You hate the jawline. He's got twice the jawline you do and half the weight. But. Well, the notion that the offense may look better with Jimmy G I don't think is crazy because all of the reports kind of stated that Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels simply did not get along and they're bringing in a player that Josh McDaniels has gotten along with and has been successful with so I don't think that take is an outlandish one but the Raiders as a roster they're not any better they have that tag on Josh Jacobs they only have him for another season there's been no reports of it but how do we we don't know if he's going to play this year yet are they maybe going to trade him because he's only on that one-year deal and the only elite part they have left to their offense is Devontae Adams so their offense overall is not that great as far as talent goes their offensive 
line is not that great. Their defense is not good. All they have on that side of the ball is Max Crosby that um who they that Chandler Jones acquisition did nothing for them. He is far past his prime. So the Raiders as a team are not that good. I don't see them being that good. Although they may look more functional and the just because they have Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels who have more rapport, but they're not going to be making any waves in the NFL or AFC with that team because the roster is simply just not good enough. You know, I think it'd be really fun if the Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo are somehow better than the uh, Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I know it's unrelated entirely, but if we want to talk about groundbreaking moves in the AFC at the quarterback position, I'd get a real kick if the Raiders squeaked into the wild card and the Jets didn't. <laughs> I mean, I would enjoy it too. <laughs> I think America would enjoy it in general. Anyway, you got anything else? I don't have anything else. You can do the outro. That has been this week's podcast. Like we said, check out our Discord, leave podcast topic suggestions, leave YouTube video suggestions, leave TikTok suggestions over there. Also, just join it to chat. We've been talking about some of the NFL moves, NFL offseason moves over there. Use code THICKONUNDERDOG, T-H-I-C-C. If you like our content, if you want to support us, download the app, use code THICK, and we will subscribe to our YouTube channel, second of all, like the video, and we will see you in the next one.